Good morning. It is Monday, February 4th. It's 7.19 a.m. I've been awake for a little while, actually. I've got some inner ear pain that's pretty, um, pretty annoying. But it'll go away. I will take care of it soon. Um... This week has been action-packed, let me tell you. Um, So much going on in the city. And just, you know, heavy on the commerce on my end and lots of shipping. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I had some near nightmares two nights ago, but I was able to stop them in the dream. Um... It was, they were so intense, like I could see the environments changing and me coming in and stopping them. So, anywho, I dreamt last night as well, but I can't remember anything, and that's okay. Um, so yeah, I made some borscht, and it lasted a long time. <laughs> um, it was so good, and it was very simple. I'm I'm tempted to make it again because it's so healthy, but I'm going to have to give myself a week or two in between because I'm kind of sick of eating borscht, and I was eating it in large quantities. Um, it's just so, it's such a simple soup to make, and it's so good. Um, speaking of food, Luca Ravioli Company is closing its doors on April 20th, if you haven't already heard. It seems to be the talk of the town, among other things. I am bummed by that. Um, it's been around since 1925. Um, Michael Fano, Fino, the o- the current owner, um, he wants to sell it to developers for six to eight unit uh, apartment buildings. Um, yeah, go right ahead, dude. Just go right a motherfucking head. Yeah, that's really going to improve the housing crisis so much. He said he wants to, quote, take care of the middle class. Okay, how about you take care of us by filling our faces with food? Because that's what we want. We want the raviolis. We want the delicious meat selection. All the different um, aperitifs. So those are the things we want. The, the we the few who still remain in the city. Um, the parking lot is going to also go with it. It's going to be sold with the building. The parking lot alone, is, I think, it's like several million dollars. Um, but yeah, you could. A lot of people came from outside the city to shop at Luca. Um, I like their squid ink pasta that they have there and their individual frozen raviolis are really good. They're nice and small. Throw them into a soup. I wouldn't put it into borscht, but throw them into a soup. I love getting their sandwiches. They're, God, with the, I'd usually get the copa, the spicy copa salami in provolone. And then, like, just go sit in a, a damn parklet and eat it, <laughs> like, right outside of Arizmendi. Um, One of the things the ladies are going to miss, and I know I'm not the only one, are the men that work there, okay? We all have our little boyfriends at Luca. Um, my 
my Luca boyfriend is the tall one with the, with the, uh, you know, kind of trimmed mustache. Oh my God. He is so cute. Um, and I really like flirting with him and I do not flirt with people. Ask anyone who's not been flirted with by me. Um, I'm not a flirt. I don't like it. Um, it's just, ugh, they always, they always think that you like want to sleep with them. You can't just flirt with somebody, but this guy at Luca is a huge exception to that rule. He knows how to flirt properly. It's not sleazy. It's fun. Give it a try. Go in and have a good flirt with the mustache guy before it closes. Um, I know that other people have different preferences for whoever their, their Luca boyfriend was, but that was my boyfriend there. Um, and I enjoyed uh, getting salami from him, if you know what I mean. Moving right on. Uh, there have been some murders that happened early in the month in San Francisco within about a week of each other that I want to talk to you guys about. Um, the first one was the first murder of the year, which happened in January on January 2nd. It was the murder of Veronica Solis, age 61. Uh, she was killed right outside of 480 Ellis. Um, what happened was a man named Arthur Finch was attacking, physically attacking his girlfriend of sorts. And uh, she got out her phone and started filming the attack. He then turned on her and stabbed her in the neck. Like, ugh, it was a vicious, it was a vicious, quick murder. Um, she languished in, uh, in the hospital for a little after, but died shortly, you know, after. Um, also, he stabbed an, another bystander that was standing near Veronica. Um, his identity has not been released to the public, but he was able to survive. Um... Veronica was a Tenderloin resident. Uh, she was actually just about to move to Florida to be with her family. Um, she had fallen on some pretty hard times over the years um, and had battled a, a severe uh, dr drinking and uh, drugs addiction. Um, but before that, she was the principal dancer for the San Jose Ballet. And she was married to a criminal defense lawyer, and they had one one daughter, and she just, I guess, the vicissitudes of life compounded upon her, and um, she chose to, you know, seek comfort in the bottle. And uh, so, you know, I feel for this woman. We're all so vulnerable, you know, we're walking around in our quiet desperation, and just trying to hold it together and some days are good some days are bad and it doesn't matter sometimes who loves us or what we're able to accomplish and achieve sometimes people just throw it all away um, because they're hurting and this is so such a tragic end to a life that was just about to turn around for the better um so she was in transitional housing yes she had been homeless so Oh, poor thing. Arthur Finch had already served eight years for rape. Uh, he had violated his parole uh, since being released in 2013. 
and they found the woman who he was beating in in her van um just up the road it's just it's so awful it's so awful um second murder of note of the year happened on January 7th, uh, also in the Tenderloin, uh, the murder of Tom Guido. Um, This occurred at 908 Post Street. He was living at the Weller Hotel, and it occurred in his his hotel room. He had gone downstairs uh, to the UN Market on Post, wherein he was kind of like a de facto employee of sorts, you know, like, he's such a regular that he would, you know, take care of the shop cat, he would sweep, he would stock the shelves. And he, so he came, he was a, he, he came to the UN market about 10 times a day. Um, he gone downstairs to uh, buy his beer. He liked the hurricane beer, apparently, according to Khalil, the shopkeeper. He was talking enthusiastically about how he was going to enjoy some beers with his friend Michael Dodd who also lived in the um, hotel they were they were drinking buddies and they they often um, kind of imbibed together after a long day of getting into who knows what Um, so then about an hour later Michael Dodd was found splattered onto the the sidewalk right outside the UN market. And Khalil, the proprietor, went out there and, you know, couldn't believe what he saw. And he he tried to wake Michael up. Um, but Michael was unconscious because he had jumped out of the window. <sighs> then they were like, well, where's Tom? So they went upstairs, and Tom had been found stabbed in the head and neck. Okay, um, it, the jury's still out exactly what weapon was used, but it um, it most likely came from Michael Dodd because Michael had samurai swords on his wall in his hotel room, and I'm pretty sure that he may not have used a samurai sword because that would have been a hard angle to get him by, but he probably had more than one knife in his collection. Uh, Michael Dodd had posted on Facebook some rather cryptic messages about how he wanted to, how he was tired and wanted to sleep forever, etc., etc. So he was also kind of dipping his toes in some suicidal ideation before the murder. Tom was rushed to the hospital died pretty shortly after and Michael held on for two days before surrendering to death. Uh, Tom Guido was a, a special character in the city, um, perhaps a polarizing character to some. Uh, he was known primarily in the garage rock 60s revivalist scene um, people who called themselves mods, for example, um, were big fans of Tom because he was one of them. Um, but it seems he has kind of a mascot quality uh, as as a, you know, a freak, a good freak in the city. So one less freak in San Francisco. 
Um, he, for a time in the 90s, from 93 to 99, he uh, became the, uh, the manager of the Purple Onion Club, famous for uh, inter- you know, certain acts such as uh, Phyllis Diller and Lenny Bruce, etc. Smothers Brothers all came through there. Uh, when Tom was in charge, it was a garage rock venue. So, um, you know, all the Burger Boogaloo type people, um, the older ones, the ones who are now in their uh, late 40s to early 60s, well, when they were young, he was their man, and they played there. And um, they were involved in high conflict, um, hilarious 90s hijinks, and uh, with his death is 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 uh, the final nail of the coffin of that era for those who cared for that sort of music um i went with lori on saturday to uh his um kind of like a little memorial wake uh, that had was hosted by parker at uh kells bar it's kells bar is a, a beautiful irish pub it when you walk in you can you, you can smell if if my nose serves me correctly, it smells like whiskey casks in there. Uh, kind of a perfumey whiskey smell that I love. Um, and it doesn't smell like whiskey breath. It, 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 it particularly smells like whiskey casks to me. Um, so yeah, all the usual suspects were there. All the old people who call themselves mod. Uh, garage rockers. All... All, for the most part, looking well-preserved, as, as one does. Um, no one was looking too grisly. Uh, there were some people who I managed to artfully avoid. Um, certain certain people, you know, sometimes people are just too annoying to talk to. And um, I have I have a really good method of um, avoiding them. And what I do is I kind of turn my head off to the side and I bring my chin all the way down so my second chin pops out and then I kind of look way way off until my eyes kind of get a little beady and so it looks like I might be about to have a seizure <laughs> and then they go away they don't they don't even talk to me so um I was pulling that move um but it was for the sake of the song so to speak uh because I wanted to hear people's stories and reminiscences about this this fixture of San Francisco, who is now entombed in history. Um, Some of these stories were self-indulgent in the extreme. Um, Other other stories, people reminisced uh, about, you know, how he was so sweet and zany and humble. At the same time, it seemed like his humility really came through. and his his voice, which I'm not going to try to imitate, but um, kind of a a raspy, kind of like a a, a raspy flamboyant voice, if that's possible. Um, my favorite part of the whole event, though, was a woman who was not in the rock scene, who was not a mod or a garage rocker. And she was probably in her early 60s, whereas Tom was 58. So they were peers in that respect. And uh, 
she lived in the Tenderloin and she had known him for years. In fact, she was wearing a shirt that he gave her. And uh, she just was talking about, you know, how she knew him in the day to day, which I, I feel, you know, kind of set her apart from people who knew him pretty much for nightlife situations. Um, and then she ended it with a touching harmonica solo, a blues, the probably one of the bluesiest uh, harmonica solos I've heard in a long time. And then she interspersed it with uh, a song, a very sad song. Tonight I put my my blue gla- my blue glasses on. Oh my god. There's something about hearing that woman and seeing her in her grief. With her with her gentleness and her her openness that just touched my heart so much. I just thinking about her in her pain of losing that friend. Oh God. Oh, sorry, I've been clumped just thinking about it. It really touched my heart and I every time I think about her singing that song it makes me cry a little bit. So I stayed there for a little while and then it was a rainy day and uh me and Lori had spent a bit of time together doing some shopping. She found some boots and uh, we went and had Chinese food at Wet Le in North Beach. If you ever go there, it's real good. Uh, we we split the duck and uh, we also had a bunch of spinach. Lori's on the spinach train too. So we had that before the memorial. So I decided to do an Irish exit. And uh, walk down to Bart from North Beach, which is just, I love that walk. And I just wanted to be alone and be in the rain by myself. As comforting as it was to see the familiar faces. uh, It's just this man was so viciously murdered and so senseless. And it makes me think about all the, how we affect people and how important everyone is and I just was overwhelmed I needed to be alone and I'm really glad I live in this city that I can walk around walk from North Beach go to North Beach be there go there with my friends and we're all we're all lucky on a less sad note (laughs) to say the least I went to Beach Blanket Babylon. Oh my God. Zeldi, my model, works there. And she is a cocktail server there. And she offered me free tickets. So I was like, Taylor, you want to go? And so uh, we first, before we went to Beach Blanket Babylon, we went to the right spot. And um, I had some tater tots. That's pretty much the safest thing that you can get there. You know, the kitchen's kind of sketchy. Um, it's been shut down a couple times, if y'all didn't know that. So uh, just order the tater tots or a grilled cheese. Um, we had some white wine. Burke accompanied us. 
we were just ho-humming along, eating our food, chit-chatting, catching up. Lo and behold, some goober walks in and he's got a puffy, he's got a puffy, wavy ponytail that's trying to be a man bun. He's got his little um, motorcycle outfit on, um, canvas motorcycle outfit, you know, um, and his helmet. And there's all these communist types there, DSA types. Um, and, you know, they're, they're talking and blah, 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 bloviating more like it. And uh, suddenly the debate gets very heated. And, and one of the people at the table was a, uh, an elderly, I believe a woman who was probably an old communist, had probably been a, a card-carrying pinko since you know 1952 i mean you know she was rotund and cute wearing a little black turtleneck had a white a shock of white hair he had the audacity to get in her face and yell and scream at her and i was like fuck this dude fuck this guy you don't get in a in a woman's face you don't get in anyone's face and scream at them like that let alone an elderly woman who's probably you know given birth you know, like, get out of this woman's face. And you know that tone that that men get sometimes, like a certain type of guy when all they have to go on when they're arguing is semantics? <laughs> and, they, and, you know, they don't really, they're arguing for the sake of hearing their own voice. That's what his voice sounded like. Um, and then he got up with his little helmet and he, like, walked towards the door and another guy was following him and they were you know, perform. It was so performative. It was like a dinner theater that I didn't buy tickets to that I didn't want to go to that I ended up stuck at. Um, yeah, so he was, they were performatively yelling. And then one of the other men that was sitting at the table proceeded to turn around and direct his attention to two women who were trying to drink their cans of Sophia, which if you guys are not in the know, that's a sparkling champagne adjacent wine and it's 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 a it's like a bachelor party drink or you know bachelorette party drink so he so they were just trying to enjoy their cans of Sophia and he turned around and automatically assumed that they wanted to engage in conversation with him and that they were interested in him and that they wanted to hear about his ideologies I was like, look, I can sniff a Johnny come lately from a mile around and it stinks to high heaven. Get the F out of my town. Go back to Idaho. Just the whole lot of them. And, and Mr. Ducati with his little motorcycle get up, he needs to zoom on back to grandma's house because I ain't having it. No, 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 no. Not on my dime. I was trying to enjoy a nice little dinner with Taylor and Burke and we'd managed to. We left shortly after. Uh, Burke was kind enough to escort us to... Beach Blanket Babylon, which has its own street in North Beach. So it was a North Beach heavy weekend. Um, it was, all I can say is what a spectacle. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Where does one begin? Uh, the show, was, the show uh, started in the back of an Italian restaurant in 1974. It was a uh, organized by a man who's since moved, passed on, uh, passed away, uh, by the name of Silver. And it's, how do I begin to describe it? Well, it's a musical review. Um, 
the there's a, a some fairy tale characters there's pop culture characters all mixed up in between and the thread now is of Snow White trying to find a man in San Francisco which is hilarious <laughs> um yes uh but I think that overall a good man is hard to find unless you go down to Luca um and you know find yourself a little boyfriend there um but generally speaking wherever you go a good man is hard to find and I think that was the theme of of it but you know her Snow White goes to Paris she goes to Rome and then in between there's all these songs which are parodies of current events um and there it's, it's a satirical song and dance it's a light-hearted romp um it's like it's like champagne on your senses uh they have these ridiculous <clears throat> headdresses uh that I mean, some of them are animated headdresses are electrified. Um, so much, so much dancing, and I mean, it's it's a, a you know kind of like a good vaudeville show, and it it's wonderful. I want to go see it again um, because they changed up the act a little bit every two to three weeks. And I mean, when you go into that little theater, um, it's called the the club fugazi no relation to the chicken shit ass band called fugazi um club fugazi it's it's a cute little it's just so cute it's this cute little theater even has a balcony and uh i love it um so when you get in there you can just sense the feel of san francisco it's hard to explain but it's I felt almost like I was in a Columbo episode based in San Francisco. That was how surreal it was. Um, there was an elderly woman there who was probably in her 90s that was drinking champagne with her family in the audience. Um, all I've got to say is I'm very grateful to Zeldi for providing me and Taylor with such wonderful entertainment. And I will be back. Well, I got to start my day. I've got shipping to attend to. I've got an exclusive book sale to maintain. Um, it's going crazy. Um, so I'm just getting all these inquiries as we speak. And uh, be sure to take a, a walk somewhere in San Francisco. Just start somewhere and give yourself a good hour or two to just soak in the city and be in the rain and just enjoy the spirit of the city. I know I will after I finish all my chores today and the shipping. I need to. I'm going to try to walk down to the Richmond district and have some Vietnamese food. Anyway, I hope you all have a lovely day. Bye-bye. <laughs>